What is up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. We've got a very special sponsor to lead us off. We got Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your baseball betting needs this season as it is officially opening day. Get analysis of every play, prop, and points at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online as a whole. Uh, Bet Online is your baseball, basketball, uh, football headquarters this season. Head to our website today and use our mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use your promo code, uh, believe, to receive your bonus pay. Bet Align, where the game starts. Now to the Bruin Bible. What is up, Bruin Bible listeners? Tuesday is here in spring practice number seven, officially in the books. I was not able to go. You can see I'm kind of in my work outfit. I had to go into the office today. Luckily for us, guys, we had a man on the ground, a first-time Bruin Bible guest, Tracy McDonald in the house. Tracy's going to give us a recap of everything that happened this morning from your UCLA Bruins. I couldn't leave you guys hanging on what's going on. For one of the more crazy off-seasons UCLA has had in a long time, Tracy, first and foremost, how are you doing today, man? And how are you adjusting to covering the Bruins? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, it's my uh, second uh, season now. I started covering them th- around this time last spring. I jumped in a few practices into the spring. Uh, you know, got got kind of used to uh, dealing with Chip Kelly and that, that sort of thing. And, you know, that transition's been going pretty well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm back for another season. He works for the UCLA Rivals contingent, so make sure you're liking and subscribing everything he's doing when it comes to that. Let's start with the position on offense that everyone's talking about. I've gone through six practices. I thought Ethan Garbers for five of those six practices was the best quarterback on the field. Justin Martin kind of flirted with him a little bit from Tuesday and Thursday of last week. But ultimately, I felt Dante had the best complete practice on the Saturday open up to the public. What happened today in spring practice when it came to the quarterback room and who stood out to you uh, watching from the sidelines? Uh, I think from an overall perspective, I think Dante was that guy today. Uh, You know, he he just keeps making strides. He he makes these throws that, you know, you don't expect someone who's only 17 years old to be able to make. He does it with such touch that it's so far out of the reach of the defender that you, they, they really can't do much about it, even if they are, you know, covering their man pretty well. And he had a throw like that uh, today to Logan Loya. And I think he had one other one, uh, but the one to Loya really stood out because he was on the run, you know, he's off balance and he's throwing it to the sideline and it was just, you know, right on the money. And I don't know what else the defender that was defend. I couldn't remember exactly who was defending the play, but th- there was just nothing you could really do. Yeah, Dante has been so much fun to watch, man. And 17 years old, just kind of plugging in to the system and just him winning back-to-back practices. Because Saturday, like I said, he was my MVP. I thought he was the best quarterback on the field. Hearing he's taking that momentum into week number three, that's very, very encouraging. Uh, give me kind of your synopsis of Garbers, Schley, and Martin as well from what you were able to see in the seven on seven and 11 on 11 portions where 
it's kind of the only time in practice you can really evaluate, you know, the progress that some of these guys have made. Yeah, Schley, uh, he had his best practice to date. Um, you know, he, he still shows those instances where he struggles with his accuracy. Yeah. Uh, but he he cut down, like, I don't believe he threw an interception today, from, from what I can recall. Whereas that was, you know, a really big thing those first two weeks. Um, so the decision decision making has improved. And he probably had the best throw of the day. Uh, it was a 45-yarder down the sideline to uh, J. Michael Sturdivant. And it, it showed off that arm strength where, you know, he's clearly got the best arm of the group. And he finally put it together where he showed off enough of that touch where he, he basically led him right to the front of the end zone. I think he caught it right about the five yard line and it was really one of those throws where you're like, okay, that's why they brought him in. So he had a really encouraging day. Um, Garber's, I mean, he's been really steady. I think is the best word to use for him, you know, through these first seven practices. Now he probably had his weakest practice to date, but it's not necessarily, uh, he didn't necessarily have a bad practice. I think the other is just, you know, kind of showed a little bit more of what they're doing. Um, he's still wearing that, you know, that VR camera on his helmet. So obviously that they still want to see what he's seeing. Um, Martin probably of the four had the most struggle. Um, this was a day where he really showed some of that youth. Uh, there, there was a particular uh, throw to, uh, in the direction of Oladejo that um, he didn't look him off. And he basically just jumped right in front of it. It was a throw that was supposed to go to uh, Braden Pegan. And, and, you know, he just never really looked him off either. Either that or he just didn't see him. And he stepped right in front of it. Um, and, yeah, he just didn't really show off that arm talent that he's been really uh, displaying the, the last six practices. So, but, I mean, it wasn't anything, like, alarming or anything like that. It just, you know, the, the others just kind of had uh, better days. And you didn't really see a lot of what Justin had shown through the first six practices. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I really appreciate the updates. And just to kind of run through those guys, Schley, I, you know, we were, we're at the first spring practice. This is, like, two Tuesdays ago. And they're going through the initial drills. This is before 7-on-7 seven and 11-on-11. Seven and 11 on 11. You see the arm talent. I was shocked he had a stronger arm than Martin, given Martin's frame and size and all of that. Stronger arm. You can see he's clearly an athlete. He can run outside the pocket if necessary, kind of get those extended third and six first downs if necessary, maybe get a little bit more than that in the right scenario. I was ready to put him above Garbers, given his starting experience. He was a very solid starter at Kent State. And then you just saw them get on the seven on seven and 11 on 11. And Garbers was so much more advanced, so much more comfortable with the offense that I couldn't just do it. I just couldn't get to that point. Martin, like you said to your credit, man, the raw talent is so – it's breathtaking at times what he can do with the football. There's times where you look at him and you go, if he reaches his ceiling, this guy is a day one or day two NFL draft pick, you know, with that size, that frame, and how he can fit the ball into different places. Granted, it's going to take a lot of work to get there, but – I think from what you can see from the talent level and when his good is good, it's really, really strong. So I, I like what I've seen from Martin. It's going to have those inconsistent days, but whether it's at UCLA or whether it's another university, this guy's a division one starter down the line. I think we could all agree on that point. Yeah. And then with Garbers, oh, go ahead. you know, yeah, with Garbers, Tracy, like I think in my opinion, he's got to be the strongest competitor for the starting job over Dante. It's really encouraging to hear Dante kind of stacking these great days up back one after another, but Garbers, 
I felt confident when he came in the game last year. I, you know, even two years ago, the Oregon game, it did end in an interception, but he was moving the football in that scenario where he had Kayvon Thibodeau in his face and he's still making plays, slinging it to the outside. He's got a rocket arm as well. So do you agree with that sentiment that Garbers is probably the, the lone quarterback right now that's holding Dante Moore back from starting Coastal Carolina September 2nd? Uh, yeah, that, that's definitely a fair assessment just because, you know, he even, you know, today, uh, even though he didn't necessarily have a strongest day, you can still see it where he's just the most comfortable and he should be, you know, uh, in the system and the way he just reads and reacts, uh, you know, he doesn't really you know, seem to get rattled. It's also a little bit tougher right now to evaluate some of these guys because the offensive line hasn't, you know, one, they don't have their left tackle yeah. uh, just yet. And, you know, they're a little bit well, banged Steve's up there. Been out a little bit, you know. So yeah, just... and he was out today again. So, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit tough because, you know, there are times where these guys are under pressure and you just don't know because they're not live tackling. You don't know exactly how they'd react. In, in those situations entirely, but, you know, just, just from an understand from a standpoint, of, as far as understanding the system, Garbers is definitely still that guy where he's, you know, head and shoulders above everyone. And so that's why it's going to be really interesting, interesting to see what this looks like by the end of spring camp. And then by the time fall camp arrives, just how much of a gap those, those guys have made up on them. Absolutely. And we kind of have the same opinion. Garbers right now, I think would still be, QB one, you know, moving forward. But I think Dante is going to be climbing up that ladder pretty quickly. It's going to get very competitive in fall camp skill position players. You know, we, you mentioned Sturdivant. He has been so outstanding to watch. I was at the practice on Saturday. He may have had five or six touchdowns when it came to the red zone and seven on seven and 11 on 11 scenarios. Nobody could guard that guy. It sounds like it was very similar today. Um, Sturdivant, give me your take on Sturdivant, the wide receiver room. And which running backs are standing out to you when it comes to these skill position players? As far as Sturdivant, I mean, the one thing that just keeps popping out is how open he gets and the separation he gets. You know, because the one the one I mentioned earlier, that 45-yarder, you know, he was a couple steps ahead of his man again. And, you know, and it, you're basically seeing these uh, defensive backs just trying to chase him down. And you just wonder how a guy so big is also so fast. And Chip Kelly mentioned, you know, that combination. And he's not someone who uh, gives away too much from his facial expressions. But as soon as his name was brought up, you know, he kind of cracked a little smile and and laughed a little bit. Because even he, you know, he kind of can't believe that he's got someone of of that combination in in his room right now. Um, And then, you know. Having a guy like Kyle Ford out there, you know, equally as big, 6'3", as well. Um, you know, he didn't necessarily do anything that uh, popped out today. But, he, again, you can see the, the matchup problems those two are going to create anytime they're both on the field at the same time. I think that's something you didn't have with last year's UCLA team. Obviously, you had, you had a big guy like Bobo. But, I mean, the next biggest guy was, what, Cam Brown. And, you know, it just wasn't. It's, it's not the same as far as a physical uh, standpoint. When, when you look at those two guys and, and you just start to wonder, like, you know, how are opposing cornerbacks going to match up if both of those guys are on opposite ends of the field? Yeah, man. And it's just the most loaded wide receiver room UCLA has had maybe ever. Like, I, I don't even think that's hyperbole to say, just given how deep they can go. Your Loyas, your Cam Browns. 
Braden Pagan, I mean, he kind of fits the build. Guys, he is huge on the outside. Freak athlete has had a really solid spring camp. But even with this, I think it would take it, you know, God forbid it doesn't happen, an injury to either Ford or Sturdivant for him to really get some time on the outside, you know, unless if they're rotating in different uh, trios or, you know, areas of wide receivers. So it's just such a loaded group. Uh, was TMA actually in practice today? Because he sat out, uh, I think, four or five straight practices to my count. Yeah, he, he was out again today. He was banged up that, at the end of that second practice. So he hasn't practiced since then. Um, you know, even when I saw him when he initially got banged up, it didn't look like it was anything serious. Um, you know, I don't know if it was a hamstring or a groin. It was just one of those things where he was walking kind of gingerly. I mean, we've seen him off to the side, you know, catching some balls individually. But as far as from a team perspective, yeah, he's still not out there. Um, so he's someone that, you know, they're still waiting to get back. I'm not too worried about his long-term status. I think a lot of it's just precautionary right now. And like you mentioned, that depth of that, you know, wide receiver group, it does allow them to, to you know, get guys other reps. And you brought up, uh, Braden Pegan and I'll, I'll throw in another name, Ryan Cragen. Yeah. Uh, I asked Trip Kelly about both of those guys today, and he really likes the depth and the athleticism that they both provide. Um, you know, like you were saying, if, if somebody goes down, that there are some names that maybe uh, UCLA supporters aren't as familiar with right now, but they should probably start getting familiar with. Is up, Bruin Bible listeners. We have another advertisement for you. We are so lucky to be sponsored by the great people at Athletic Greens. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens specifically because I was lacking energy, lacking focus throughout the day, and needed some special pick-me-up ingredients to make things happen in my life. Athletic Greens has done just that. I've become absolutely addicted to the process. It has over 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, adaptogens to make your life easier uh, by doing this during the day. I like to take it to start my mornings off. I like to do it before a workout. It makes you feel energized, focused, and just have a lot more energy throughout the day than I typically expected. But right now, is the, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. Uh, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to be give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LAFB. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash LAFB to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, a game changer when it comes to your health and your focus and your mindset. Yeah, no, Craig in the pen transfer. I mean, from that one-handed catch he made on that Dante Moore route, he has kind of been just the unsung hero. Even like Josiah Norwood never gets the credit he deserves. Every time the ball is sprayed in his direction, he seems to make like a nice play on the football. So just deep in a lot of ways. TMA, to his credit, those first two practices, he looked like maybe the third best receiver on the team, you know, behind Ford and uh, Sturdivant. But, he, man, he just has not been able to get back on the field. It doesn't look too serious, which is great. I think there's just a precautionary thing to kind of keep him out of spring ball. But, boy, they're going to be firing in numbers from the wide receiver room. Running back room. I have a take that I think you may be interested in when it comes to who I believe RB1 can be. From the practices I watched, I thought Carson Steele was probably going to be RB1 coming in. Uh, you know, TJ Harden, I think, had a higher ceiling 
but he was RB2. This is just coming into spring practices as a whole. But from what I have seen and the burst that Harden has and that one area that I think separates him from Carson Steele is he's an underrated pass catcher from what I've seen. He can move with the football. He can get out in the open field and make plays. I actually have TJ Harden 1A to Carson Beals 1B now. It's kind of flip-flopped. Uh, tell me about what you saw today, and do you think TJ Harden is RB1 for UCLA moving forward? Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that, you know, a 1A, 1B type of situation. I think they both bring something a little bit different. I think uh, the, the big thing I noticed with Harden is his ability to cut it to the outside. Uh, he showed that again today, you know, ripped off a big run to the outside, whereas Steele, you know, he, he a lot of his most impressive runs, at least the ones I've seen, um, are more up the middle. And again, I think that you're going to, if the offensive line gets right, you're going to see that a little bit more in these practices. Um, it's a little bit tougher to see right now, but uh, yeah, you can definitely see with Carson, you know, I don't know how, how opposing defense defenses take this guy down with just one guy. Yeah. So, you know, when you lose a guy like Zach Charbonnet to have a guy like Carson Steele, I think uh they're not losing a lot there as far as, you know, yards after contact, but yeah, like you mentioned about TJ Harden, he does have that extra layer to him. Uh, Carson's had a couple issues with some uh, fumbles and, and some drop catches here and there. So I'd say the hands are probably a little bit more toward TJ Harden, but really that there's no wrong option. If you're Chip Kelly, as far as, you know, who you're throwing out there to, to start, because they're both going to get an equal, you know, fair share of, of reps come game time. Absolutely, man. And I think that's kind of the, the path I have. I think Colson Yankoff might be RB3, too, from what I've seen. Really have liked the work he's done there. You know, we all talk about the quarterback competition. We talk about the running back competition. The one competition that I don't think is getting enough press, but it's a loaded room, is the tight end room. You know, Montevout transfers and Habermill comes back. Uh, Carson Ryan uh, still kind of working his way back into spring ball shape. He hasn't really been on the field. Jack Peterson's made some big-time plays. Uh, anyone stand out from the tight end room today, and who do you have as tight end one, uh, at, you know, through seven practices of spring football? Uh, I don't know if anyone's really, like, you know, separated themselves, but, I mean, the transfer from uh, – Oregon Maliki um, you know he's definitely someone I think is going to push uh, Hudson there for that starting tight end job I think right now it's also just a matter of you know developing that chemistry the playbook and everything like that but I don't know if any I think it might be a situation where it was similar to last year where you know Aziki and, and Habermill kind of you, you saw them uh, shine at different moments of the season um, so that wouldn't surprise me again to see a similar situation like that. I don't know if either one of them to this point looks, you know, significantly uh, well ahead of the other. So I think w with those two, it's going to take a little bit more time. Uh, so someone who actually impressed today at that position, uh, Michael Church, uh, yeah. had, had a couple of nice catches today. Um, from a couple of different quarterbacks. So he's another one where, again, I think, you could see some situations where if they were to run, you know, multiple tight end sets, uh, they could surprise you in some ways. Cause again, you know, they're so loaded at receiver that they can kind of, you know, sneak up on teams a little bit. If, if they, if they change it up a little bit. Absolutely, man. I, I'm not I would assume is probably tight end. Number one, he's, he's just been 
the most consistent. You know, he'll make one or two catches of practice. It's not necessarily like the Sturt event where he's making so many catches it's impossible to ignore. But if you're watching it like you and I were, you see the one or two catches where he'll just get the first down. It's like, okay, this guy is kind of as advertised coming from Oregon. Enough with the offense. Uh, defense. Who stood out to you today on the defensive side of the football? I, I heard you met Ola Dejao, uh, mentioned Ola Dejao earlier. He's been a guy that, man, I really underestimated how big this guy was. And the plays that he's made where he's six foot four, 250, he's coming in off the edge. I even saw him putting players in the right positions last week for a guy that just got to campus, you know, like a month ago. I mean, it's unbelievable what Oladejao has been. Was he a guy that stood out this practice? And who are some other guys that you saw on the defensive side of the football really stand out in practice number seven? Yeah, he's, I mean, like I said, he had that interception early and he just has such a, like, like you were mentioning, you know, he's, he's already a, a vocal presence out there. Um, he's very much, a, you know, someone you're going to look at and say, you know, he's going to be one of the leaders of, of this group. Uh, you know, when, when you, once you actually pair him and Darius, you know, up together inside, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Darius didn't, uh, do as much today as he's shown in some of the other practices where he's been flying around. But again, the the possibilities with those two are really interesting. Uh, as far as strictly today goes, Hayden Nelson actually made a, a lot of nice stops. Um, yeah, he came in for a couple sacks, had a couple tackles in the backfield. So he's someone I wasn't, you know, really looking at too much. He, I just, you know, every time the whistle blew, you saw his number there in the backfield. So that, that was an interesting, you know, uh, development to see. Part of that was also uh, Shea Bryant Struther was not practicing today. He was another one of those on on the uh, injured list today. So I, I think you know part of that was him just taking uh, taking advantages of, of his extra opportunities getting on the field. So yeah, that that was a, a really nice bright spot to see um, for that linebacker group. Yeah, man. And last question I'll pose you with Tracy. You've been. Awesome coming on here. You're keeping the Bruin Bible fan base engaged with what's going on at spring practice. You had to pick three game balls to give out to each practice participant today or any three players that stood out the most to you personally. Who would those be and why? Uh, Dante, for, for the reasons I stated, okay. just because, you know, he is already showing so much at such a young age that it's going to be really hard to keep him off the field. Um you know, the, the, the combination again of, you know, being able to put some velocity on his throws, but also put some touch on it um, really, you know, makes him stand out. Um, Sturdivant, again, not a surprise there. He, he's just like, he's probably been the best player in the field consistently. Um, just wow. as far as, you know, doing his job and on top of, you know, th those highlight real type of plays. Um, and then I, I'd probably say Hayden, Hayden Nelson today. I mean, like I said, he he really jumped out at me today. Um, just as far as you know, they, they've shown it a little bit the last couple of practice now, practices now, um, with you know getting some early stops in the backfield, uh, some minimal gains here and there. And again, I, I also still wonder how much of that is because they're going up against an offensive line that isn't at full strength. But at the same time you're glad to see that if you're a UCLA fan, because if, if you're not taking advantage of a team at full strength, then, then you have to, you know, worry a little bit more about your defense. Whereas 
here, you know, they are taking advantage of some of those weaknesses that we're seeing uh, right now. So, uh, yeah, I think those three are the ones that really uh, shine today when I when I think back to some of the bigger plays of practice. Folks, we wanted Dante Moore to succeed, and we're getting it in spades right now. And Hayden Nelson, the best thing to come to UCLA from Wisconsin since our guy John Gaines. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show, my man. Really pleased to have you on. Uh, what? Where can we follow you? Where can we get uh, your articles, social? Uh, plug yourself, my man. Uh, yeah, so everything we're doing o- over is at uh, brewandblitz.com. Um, you know, you can get your uh, detailed uh, practice reports, uh, every day we'll be out there. And then also, you know, if you, if you need some recruiting coverage, there's that as well as, you know, from, from the rivals team that, uh, supports that side of it. So yeah, pl- plenty of t- to read up on right now, especially with, uh, the thick of spring ball. And we'll definitely have more stuff coming as well as, you know, be- beyond the spring when, when we start laying out our thoughts, uh, of everything we've seen. Absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Ruin Bible, make sure you guys are liking and subscribing the LAFB YouTube channel and what we got going on there. Uh, Ruin Bible, we are officially out. You guys have a great rest.